we get a view from the other side of that big LA Kings Winnipeg Jets, uh, Winnipeg Jets trade as we uh, also get a breakdown of Pierre-Luc Dubois. That's coming up next in this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are enjoying this show. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show. That's been putting out content for the last 16 years. And, of course, a passionate L.A. Kings fan for 30 years. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, the L.A. Kings' biggest offseason move was something that most of us didn't see coming at the end of the regular season or the end of the playoffs. Uh, The L.A. Kings decided not to go out and trade or sign a number one goalie, uh, but instead decided to strengthen themselves down the middle and traded for center Pierre-Luc Dubois. Now, the trade has had its supporters and its critics on the L.A. side of it, and we have heard uh, some things about Pierre-Luc Dubois. We'll find out uh, another perspective on that. Um, We've heard from Pierre-Luc Dubois as well about coming to L.A. Everything sounds positive. Uh, But, you know, I like to bring in other voices to the show to try to give you a different perspective on things. And uh, with that in mind, we would like to welcome in the host of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. He also writes for Arctic Ice Hockey, which covers the, the Jets, and that is Harrison Lee. Hey, Harrison, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, real quick, this is the first time that we've had a chance to talk. Um, so how long have you been a Jets fan, and um, how long have you been, you've been doing the Locked On Winnipeg Jets show? Uh, so I've been a Jets fan for probably seven years now. Um Picked it up uh, around 2013, 14, 2014, 15-ish. Um, and I, I started doing the Locked On podcast at the end of 2019. So I've been here, you know, three, four years. Uh, I just realized that I uh, crossed a bit of a frightening uh, milestone recently, 850-some episodes. So um, when you see that number kind of reflected, it's it's uh, it takes you back a little bit. So very cool. I'm I'm actually just coming up on my one year anniversary here of doing Locked On LA Kings, so it's been fun so far, and uh, we'll see if I'll be doing it as long as you've done it. But uh, great to have you on, uh, and obviously we want to talk about the big trade that brought Pierre Luc Dubois to Los Angeles, and uh, you know we don't know much about him other than what we hear, what we read, seeing highlights, things like that. You've obviously got to watch him, uh, obviously a lot more intimately than we have. Um, but but before we get into him. Um, let's just start with the trade itself. The Kings getting Pierre-Luc Dubois and sending out forwards Gabe Velarde, Alex Iafalo, Rasmus Kupari, as well as a second-round pick in 2024. What was your initial reaction on the trade itself and maybe your feel on what the Winnipeg fan base has felt about the trade? Uh, so my personal reaction was I was kind of thrilled. Um, generally speaking, you know what the Jets have been talking about, uh, and I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with this direction, but they've said for for weeks now that they don't want to trade for futures they want players who can help now and while i i'm not really into that idea so much because i think the jets um at some point in the near future are coming up on a rebuild 
if their objective is to be at least playoff competitive or a team that can make the wild card, then this trade very much puts them in that driver's seat. The thing that I was a little bit surprised by was that it only took Dubois. I feel like the Kings gave up a pretty big, um, well, a Kings ransom, uh, mm-hmm. pun intended, for this for this package, which Dubois right now is is probably the best player overall. But when I look at the overall package, um, I really like Velarde. I've been a fan of his for a long time. I've kind of been concerned that his pro career was going to be cut short. But I'd say from the fan base, I, I think Jets fans are pretty happy. Uh, I mean, obviously, Dubois was like, yeah, I'm not resigning here. And I don't blame him. I mean, it's Winnipeg. I can understand uh, he really hasn't had a great choice of destinations recently. So now he's finally getting to go to a team where, quite honestly, for a guy in his early 20s, I feel like L.A. is a great spot. Uh, it seems like it's a, a natural fit for his interests. And also, it's just really funny that he's not going to Montreal. I think that's probably the happiest thing for Jets fans. Now, we talked about it on our show when the trade went down, and and I get it. Uh, you know, we, we like to talk about things that are maybe fun, uh, debate things, complain about things. Uh, but when, the, you know, the, the deal goes down and people are like, who's the winner, who's the loser, you know? Uh, and and I, my thing is like, well, hopefully it's a win for both teams because uh, that helps to, you know, have the two teams want to do business in the future. And that's I think that's good just in general when you've got a trade that helps out both teams. So we'll see if that's the case or not. But if you want to comment on that, I think you maybe have maybe touched on it a little bit. But do you do you feel the Winnipeg Jets are the clear winners of this? Or do you think that this could be a trade that really does work for both sides? Um, from my perspective, I feel like it's complicated, right? Because Dubois has the potential to be um, LA's real answer to a, a really big presence down the middle behind Kopitar. So I think in that respect, I think he does definitely fulfill a need, and I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think in terms of overall value, given the or given the Kings were trying to cut some cap, I mean, it is very expensive what they paid, and I don't think that there's any real getting around that. Um, and then they added in a second-round pick, so I think the Jets kind of edge it out in terms of overall value, but I think for what the Kings were trying to do, which is, which is like consolidate some roster spots, Cut some guys who are, you know, getting up there in years and maybe, um, you know, IFLO didn't really fit their long-term vision. It's understandable why they went this route. Let me take you back to January 23rd of 2021. Your Winnipeg Jets just made a trade to get Pierre-Luc Dubois and a third-round pick from the Columbus Blue Jackets for Patrick Laine and Jack Roslovic. Now, do you remember what your initial thoughts were on that trade and how excited were you to get Pierre-Luc Dubois? I was pretty happy. I mean, I was also kind of pissed because I really like Line A. Um, and I felt like at the time the Jets didn't really get the better end of that deal, but I was also trying to keep an open mind. Um, I felt like people had really judged Dubois harshly. And in a lot of ways, some of what they were saying, I didn't really feel was accurate to what, uh, you know, a player in his situation would experience. I know everyone talks about the shift, and that was the thing that got played on Twitter for weeks. And I, again, I didn't really feel like that was fair. Um, I think my reaction to that trade was probably more negative just because I was very sentimental about Line A. Roslovic, I mean, you know, I didn't really mind too much finding a new place, but Line A, I was very attached to. So that trade, that one definitely stung a lot more. Well, you touched on it, and, and let's really get into it. I think this is the thing that a lot of Kings fans are concerned about. And at the time of the trade, 
Pierre-Luc Dubois had been benched in Columbus by then head coach John Tortorella, who's been known to do some things like that from time to time. Um, and a, a few weeks before that, he had told the Blue Jackets he wanted to be traded. So what, would, what are your feelings about, the, now that you've seen him with your team, uh, this narrative that he's constantly unhappy, that he's got one foot out the door, has that been fair or has that been exaggerated? Hmm. So it is, it is true to an extent. I'm not going to deny that Dubois definitely um, hasn't been super committed to the Jets at certain points, but it's in a way that I think it's understandable. You know, getting drafted to Columbus, you didn't really have any say in that. Um, in prospects, you know, they just have to sort of accept the assignments. Some guys have said they're not going to sign there, but I think Dubois went the professional route and kind of did that um, and, and played a couple of years. Didn't really pan out. And then he joins the Jets, and while his dad does work for the team, I don't know that Winnipeg was ever his dream destination. And so I get it, you know, from a lot of perspectives. I think having been to Winnipeg myself, I know why it's not the most appealing destination for young 20-something players. But what I will say is, you know, for the first season or so, it was a little uneven with him. Uh, it was hard at times to really notice his impact. Then towards the middle to, I would say, back half of his Jets tenure, we really started to see, um, especially early this season, the the really big monster that he can be down the middle. There's no mistaking that when it comes to elite skill married to um, an impressive physical build, great edge work, excellent hand-eye coordination, all of that stuff is there. The problem is that once it became clear he wanted out, he started ghosting. And I feel like that has been an issue that's popped up on and off throughout his career. Uh, he does also has a, he, he does have a tendency to maybe take some very silly penalties and stuff. Okay. Very good. Uh, we're going to get more into some specifics with Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, in a second uh, with Harrison Lee, the host of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we do that in just a second here on Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. But first, I want to let you know about FanDuel, and you can take your first swings at betting on uh, at FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet back with a bonus bet up to $200. Uh, just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in a bonus bet. Uh, win or lose, that's $200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to over-under, who you think is going to hit the first home run, all that in an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in a bonus bet. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we've got more with the host of Locked On uh, Winnipeg Jets, Harrison Lee. Make sure... It's Winnipeg Jets because we have the same problem here in Los Angeles. It's not Kings. It's L.A. Kings because there's some basketball team up in uh, Northern California. There's also a football team you might know about in New York. But we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers here. We're talking about uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, Harrison, last year, or I should say not last year, but with, with the Jets, uh, 195 career games for Pierre-Luc Dubois, 63 goals, 80 assists, 143 points. Last two seasons, as you kind of met, alluded to, uh, close to 30 goals, did have 60 or more points. So uh, give us a little bit more, if you could, about Pierre-Luc Dubois' on-ice abilities, 
What are the positive things he brings to the table? Uh, how is he on faceoffs? Is he a guy that can help out on the power play? That kind of thing. Uh, Dubois is kind of just a really versatile player. Um, I I don't know if he really has an easy comparable, uh, just because he brings a couple of interesting things. Um, you might say he's like a, a, and this is just a very stylistic thing, but he's kind of like Crosby light, I would say, in that he definitely has a very physical edge in the corners, which I think a lot of people maybe didn't appreciate with Sydney, but he, I mean, he would love to strip the puck, loves to kind of create chaos in the corners. And Dubois has some of that to his game. I think with what you're getting with PLD, he's got great vision. He's got very soft hands. He can pass the puck well. He can shoot well. And he has enough technical skill to get himself out of trouble in one-on-ones. But I guess people are going to look at his points total and see maybe not as impressive. I think with the Kings, if he's motivated, he's going to be almost unstoppable. Uh, He has this ability to be uh, really a scoring chance machine. He loves attacking down low. I I think he's got great spatial awareness. I think his offensive instincts are very smart. Where I could see some potential issues uh, is if he starts to maybe get frustrated. I feel like at times when things weren't quite going as well as he'd hoped, you know, there were shifts where I felt like he maybe took some frustration penalties. Uh, You know, he got careless with the stick on a number of occasions, and he does kind of have a bit of a chippiness to his game, which I think a lot of people would like, but oftentimes with him, he actually just got sent to the sin bin. So, um, you know, a little bit undisciplined, but Overall, I think for the Kings, they have a very fun player. I I easily see him becoming a fan favorite. I think he's got a lot of traits that people are going to enjoy. It's just a question of, is he going to be motivated to show up for most of his shifts? If he's not, then you have a a concern. But I think with the Kings, we're going to see a different version of him. Yeah, it is interesting you say that. And, you know, he gets the big contract that I'm sure every player wants to get. He's secure financially for many, many years. Uh, does he now get comfortable with that or does that is that something that he's now finally happy that he's in a place with a team that really committed to him financially and so on and so forth so it'll be interesting to find out and you talked about it and it is a criticism we've heard from other Jets fans who have commented on our YouTube channel Uh, he did have over 100 penalty minutes season before last and there is uh, as we've heard some issues with him possibly taking some bad penalties from time to time did want to ask you as best you can uh, obviously you didn't play with him but what's the general feeling as far as what kind of teammate is Pierre-Luc Dubois? Was, was he a guy that got along well with his teammates? Yeah, as far as I've heard, and I mean, Winnipeg's a small city, so stuff you know that breaks out generally does hit yeah. the rumor mill, rumor mill early. I never really heard a bad word about Dubois in terms of like his personality. It seems like he was well enough regarded. Uh, the Jets, <laughs> it's kind of funny because that locker room has had a lot of issues over the last few years. I'm sure you've seen some of the rumors about it, so... I don't know if I want to speak too much to um, the interpersonal relationships, but as far as Dubois is concerned, he seemed like a real nice guy. I think he uh, was fine personality-wise as a fit, and it seems like most of the guys got along with him. In fact, some of them might actually agree with some of his perspectives on how the team was run. So, And uh, as best you can in terms of, um, I don't know, his availability with the media, uh, fans, uh, maybe any charitable things he did or just being approachable in public. Did, did did he do a lot of interviews? Was he a guy that was kind of in the spotlight a bit for the team? Yeah, I would say he 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 had his media availability. Um, I don't know that it was particularly notable in any respect. I think that he sort of gave the standard answers. 
Um, he didn't hold out, which I guess is a, a positive. Sometimes Wheeler, at, you know, towards the end of his time with the Jets, would kind of avoid the media spotlight. I don't know that Dubois necessarily thrust himself in front. I think he preferred to be a guy who was kind of in the background at times. But overall, I mean, like he would show up for his photo shoots. He did the usual media stuff. Uh, I, I do think he had a couple of community engagements. Like I think they did some hospital visits and things of that nature. So he was active and involved. Um, kind of the usual stuff that you'd expect from him. And just your general feeling now that he does have this big deal and he's in a place where maybe he feels more appreciated. I don't know that he was not appreciated in Winnipeg or Columbus, but do you feel like this is a place where he could be happy and uh, and thrive? Yeah, I think L.A. is a good landing spot for a player kind of at his stage of his career. I think he has kind of a lot to live up to. Um, but if you're looking for an environment where you can kind of really shine and be essentially the heir apparent to Kopitar, because I don't know how many seasons he has left. This is about as good of a landing spot as you can get. And I think he'll fit in quite nicely. All right. Uh, I do have another question for Harrison in just a second about another Winnipeg jet. The Kings actually just picked up a little bit under the radar, not quite the Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, but we'll ask him about that in just a second here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. After you finish with this show, we invite you to check out Locked On NHL. It's going to keep you up to date on all things NHL, including the latest free agent signings, news from across the league. That is Locked On NHL on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. All right, so we are uh, wrapping it up with Harrison Lee, the host of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Um, did want to ask you, there was a, another former Winnipeg Jet that the Kings just picked up. That would be goalie David Riddich. Uh, who is was the backup in Winnipeg to star Connor Hellebuck last season. Uh, appeared in 21 games. He got 18 starts, 9-8-1 record, 2.67 save percentage, 9-0-1. Excuse me, 2.67 goals against average, 9-0-1 save percentage. Uh, he was clearly the number two to Hellebuck, who's a workhorse uh, in Winnipeg. So he didn't get a lot of action, probably didn't play in a lot of big games, and he's expected to be the third goalie, actually, in L.A. behind Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot. Uh, just your thoughts on, on David Riddich as a pickup, as uh, for some goalie depth here for the LA Kings. Uh, Riddick for me, I, I kind of thought maybe had a shot to be um, average. I think, unfortunately, it seems like his days from Calgary didn't really pan out. I think as what you said, third string probably makes the most sense for him. Uh, it, it seems like his, his reads and timing have kind of slowed over the years. There was a time when I thought his positioning and everything were pretty good, but I think, I don't know if it's just, uh, the past few years, maybe his focus has kind of drifted a little bit, maybe bouncing around between multiple teams and systems hasn't really done him any favors. But I felt like in the games that he started for the Jets, I was always a little bit nervous. Um, so I do think that he would probably be, you know, behind Talbot and Copley. I would really love for him to to do well because he's a super nice guy. He has a really fun personality. Uh, Kings fans are going to find out that he's got a really funny laugh. Um, they're going to love that. Yeah. If if ever you see like behind the scenes videos, he just seems like a very fun player. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that in terms of like the on ice performance, it hasn't really matched up recently. But, you know, if you're paying like league minimum for a contract, I really don't think that there's any harm in it. You can hope that maybe he has a, enough wherewithal to get through a couple of games, maybe make a couple of big saves. But I think asking for anything more than like, I don't know, five to ten games, probably a little ambitious. 
Well, it's funny, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this. And and we look in, in L.A., you never know. We say, oh, he's the third goalie. Well, guess what? Phoenix Copley was the third goalie going into last season, and look how that turned out because you never really know how it's going to go. But I was this is a subject that's come up a little bit, especially with the Kings since we're certainly in a transition after the long run with Jonathan Quick kind of searching for the next goalie of the future. And we've seen some guys like Jordan Bennington, uh, obviously Aiden Hill this year in Vegas, and there in Winnipeg, you've got that number one horse, that Vezina Trophy finalist kind of guy. What's your feeling about goaltenders across the NHL? Because I think there's a philosophy change maybe with paying a big-time number one goalie the kind of money you know that we've seen some guys like Sergei Bobrovsky, for example, uh, Andre Vasilevsky in Tampa Bay. Do you think teams are moving away from trying to find that number one big workhorse kind of guy and maybe are looking to spend their money more on the team around a goalie and feel like they could win with a an average to above average goalie. Yeah, I I think the the whole one A or one B or at least league average tandem kind of deal it really relies for me upon how deep the team is. I think the Knights really didn't have any weaklings across their entire lineup, and so when Aiden Hill or whoever it was at the time uh, before Hill, they circled through like ten goalies this mm-hmm. past season. Um, they just they seemingly have a great balance of, of units that they can roll. And as that team got healthier, it felt like defensively they did enough, but offensively they could keep the pressure up the ice. They didn't ask a ton of Thompson, of Hill, of whoever was in that. And I think that's probably the biggest thing with Hellebuck uh, for as long as we have him, because I have no idea what the plan is at this point with Helly uh, long term. It seems like he might be on the way out. But, you know, I think. For one thing, he's definitely not going to get the big contract ask that he was looking for. I think a lot of teams have seen the Vasilevsky deal. They've seen the Bobrovsky contract, and they're getting cold feet. Vasi, I think, has kind of turned out well, relatively speaking. Uh, but with Helly and, and other goalies who are going to be asking for similar extensions, I think they're going to find it very difficult. Sorokin's deal, I feel like, is a really good baseline for what like an elite young franchise netminder might be getting. Uh, and even that wasn't really crazy, crazy money. I think most teams are, are really interested more in, like what you said, the model of building out the rest of the squad and really being able to roll four lines. If you can do that, you can keep the pressure up the ice. You can avoid surrendering a lot of scoring chances, and I think that would probably be an okay match for uh, like average net mining. But I, I feel like during this past playoff run, we did kind of see the value of um, stronger goaltending for a lot of teams, or, or in this case, bad goaltending. A lot of these teams just had very poor net minding and it it ended up sinking many of their hopes so i'm kind of caught between two minds i think the overall trend is definitely moving away from that big number one but i do wonder for teams that can at least afford the cap hit and can do maybe like a deadline rental of some sort if they're willing to take a chance on um like a really big name goalie for a short term all right, that is Harrison Lee. He is the host of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Harrison, it was great to, to visit with you for the first time. Hope to have you on again sometime. Thanks for sharing your insights on Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like I said, I sincerely hope the trade works out for both teams, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you at, at some point in the future, but really appreciate your time. Thanks. I uh, really love the insights. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Harrison. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that visit. I certainly did. And uh, it was very good to uh, get a different perspective on Pierre-Luc Dubois. And we'll see how it works out with the LA Kings this year. So for you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch every day coming up on tomorrow's show, 
We're going to talk about the start of the LA Kings development camp, which gets underway on Thursday at the Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo. Uh, it is free and open to the public if you want to check that out. And if you're going down there tomorrow morning, it uh, gets underway at 9.30 a.m. Eastern uh, Eastern time, 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, and that'll be with the forward groups. You've got at 11 a.m. the defensive groups uh, taking the ice. And then there is a scrimmage at 3 p.m. And uh, again, this event or this uh, camp is going on Thursday through Monday. Uh, early in the mornings, and they do all are capped off with an afternoon scrimmage. So if you want to get out there to El Segundo and check out the future of the LA Kings, and and I, I think I saw that every draft pick of the LA Kings, except for one from like the, the last four years, are going to be at the development camp. So literally the future of the LA Kings on display for you guys to check out if you are interested in that. Obviously coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to have a report uh, on the development camp, some of the players to watch, uh, and things like that. Uh, and then, of course, on Friday's show, as you well know, it is our weekly Kings fan feedback show. All your questions and comments, it's, uh, certainly time to get an email in if you'd like. Uh, the email address is lockedoneddy at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddy at gmail.com. Uh, you can get your questions and comments in on anything that Harrison Lee talked about today, about Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, you can talk about any of the free agents the Kings signed from over the weekend. Uh, talk about any of the uh, players that we profiled this week, like Matt Roy or Alex Turcotte or anything else that's on your mind involving the LA Kings. It's absolutely your show every Friday, Kings fan feedback show. Uh, and you can also leave your comments on the YouTube episodes as well. We would love for you to stay interactive with the show by following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Locked On LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching this episode of Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings go.